Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard. Versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambre, and I'm joined by my brother, my compadre, Nando Vila. What's going on? Not much, man. Doing all right. Doing all right. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, man. I'm still in New York City. You know what I'm saying? Um, in the city where it's always gritty. You know what I mean? Uh, How's that? You feeling good? Yeah, 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 I'm enjoying myself. I'm not going to lie. I do miss L.A. I won't lie. Like, I want to say last week for the first time, I have been, had been going for L.A. for like three weeks. So I was like, man, I kind of do miss being back in my element, so to speak. But I'm enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Taking the train. You know what I mean? All kinds of craziness. Yo, I'm walking over here. Yeah. All kinds of craziness. Eating pizza. Eating yeah. pizza. <laughs> eating pizza. Eating bulletproof Chinese um, for people that are like, what the hell is bulletproof Chinese? Like a lot of the Chinese food restaurants in New York, they serve you the food from behind a bulletproof glass wall, um, like window. Yeah. And they got to like turn the fucking thing to give you the food and take the money. But yeah, eating bulletproof Chinese, of course, some of the best Caribbean food on planet earth, you know, Jamaican food, Haitian food. Yeah. So just enjoying that, catching up with the fam, catching up with the homies. So I'm enjoying New York, man. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, on today's show, I just wanted to talk about our guy, our comrade, uh, Dr. Cornell West. He announced his candidacy for president, um, which I think is like pretty interesting because it's pretty fucking early, to be honest. Um, But at the same time, what I thought was cool about it was he's not doing some Reverend Al Sharpton grift. Or he's not even doing what I don't think Jesse Jackson in the move campaign was a grift. I think the, they was legitimately trying to do something at first anyway. Um, I don't think he's doing that either. Uh, he's doing a third party at first. He announced he was going to be uh, running with the People's Party. Uh, a lot. Of, it was quickly a lot of backlash. Just 
I guess the, the CEO of it is 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 kind of a janky dude. He's got all kinds of bad press and Me Too allegations and all of that. But more importantly, like they're on the ballot in three states. They don't have an actual party apparatus and infrastructure. And credit to Dr. West, he quickly changed course. He's like, all right, fuck these people. Let's go to the Greens. Let's go to the Greens. So he will be running with the Green Party. You guys will remember famously in 2016, Jill Stein. <laughs> remember when she calls Hillary Clinton the election? And <laughs> she was working with Vladimir Putin on that. <laughs> she was calling him, hey, Vlad, <laughs> what do I do to stop this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, we're just kidding about that part, um, guys. But yeah, she she was one of the she was one of the many things that got blamed on Hillary Rodham Clinton getting her clock cleaned by Donald Trump. Um, of course, before that, there was Ralph Nader, sort of, I would say the realest third party um, presidential run. Maybe Ross Perot was just as real, um, but Ralph Nader uh, that would have been two thousand. 2000. 2000, yeah. Um, he ran for uh, president in 2000. And what do you remember about Ralph Nader's run, Nando? Well, I remember very vividly because I was a huge Pearl Jam fan when I was a kid. Uh, okay. They were like my favorite thing. And uh, Eddie Vedder was a big Ralph Nader supporter, the singer of wow. Pearl Jam. And he, he performed at Ralph Nader rallies. And that was like the early days of Napster. You know what I mean? Or not the oh early days. I guess it was just the days of Napster, where mm-hmm. and I was like, I would download uh, songs of like Eddie Vedder singing at Ralph Nader rallies and shit. Um, but um, so like the bootlegs, you know, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bootleg. It was Pearl um, Jam, Ralph Nader bootleg. That's right. Performances. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Yeah, and um, you know he uh, he ran. You know, camp, Ralph Nader is like kind of. He's not a he's not like Bernie Sanders, who Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Like Bernie Sanders ascribes to the political theory of Karl Marx. And yes. The tradition of <laughs> yeah. Socialism. And, you know, he, he has a very clear uh, ideal ideological um, agenda that, you know, that he that he fights for. Uh, Ralph Nader is is not. He's he's a he's a strange kind of heterodox liberal consumer advocate you know he um he comes to his positions from a kind of trying to be like a common sense you know i'm just advocating for the consumer so like what the way he became famous was is that in the in the 1960s um back then there were no seatbelt laws you know mm. like the car company didn't even have to ha- include seatbelts in wow. their cars um they cost a little bit more money like why would we include them and back then, like if you got in a car crash, you basically died because like you had no seatbelts, you just slide yeah. through the fucking windshield. So Ralph Nader single-handedly led a campaign to pass uh, seatbelt laws in 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 every state against like the total. Uh, you know, the car companies were totally united to destroy this fucking guy. They tried <laughs> to like plant hookers on him and shit, like and trap him and shit. Like there's all kinds of crazy stories about it. But Ralph Nader is such a fucking yeah. We'd still do-gooder. be dying for seatbelts if it was me trying to yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So uh, 
so yeah he he's the opposite he's like a total do-gooder and he like was just like no thank you i'm okay you know like when a beautiful woman sauntered up to him at a, at a hotel lobby or whatever um and um so in in 2000 he decided to run because at the time it's hard to think about it now but basically at the time especially certainly 1996 election and 2000 election the overwhelming narrative was that there was very little difference between these two candidates. I mean, think about that for a second, you know, between like, George Bush and, and Al, Gore. Um, Al Gore. Yeah. That was the conventional wisdom that it was all that the, that the sort of major issues were, they were mostly in agreement. One of the big issues was that there was actually a budget surplus that year, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, and one of the big issues was what are we going to do with this budget surplus? And there was the famous SNL, uh, sketch making fun of Al Gore because he kept on saying he wanted to put it in a lockbox away for like a rainy day, like when we'll need it. You know, um, it's funny that the, the Democrat was trying to be more fiscally conservative yeah, than, of course. The, than the, but that's always the, the case. That's always the case. Anyway, so the the point being that there was this feeling that the election didn't really matter who won, which is weird to think about in hindsight because obviously nine eleven changed everything, and you know yeah. we got the Bush administration and the Iraq War and all that stuff, but. So Ralph Nader ran to try to break that duopoly, to try to just be like, hey, we can't have an election in which they're basically agreeing on everything and we're just arguing personality. The famous question, who would you rather have a beer with, was like a, mm. a live issue in that election. And so, Bush would always win. You know what's so funny, man, about that is I would say every election since 2008 has been framed in corporate media as the most important election of our lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in 2000, it was like, eh. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't. It really wasn't. That, it was seen like, as like... It's, it's crazy to think that it's even possible to frame an election otherwise, right? But 2000 wasn't even that long ago. Uh, and it goes even beyond that. Like, it was almost considered... It was almost considered uncool to care about it. You mm. know, like, you were seen as kind of hysterical if you were like... Oh, are you, are you gonna vote? Because it's like it's like you're look at this fucking crazy fucking hysterical person now. <laughs> like you're an like, ideologue, you're like essentially, or just just or just like you know just like a like a string like an annoying kind of person. You know, now if you're like, no one would admit to being like I actually don't give a shit who wins and I'm not gonna vote. Like right. that's no it's one would changed. say that publicly. You know, that's completely We've become hyper political in an annoying yeah. way. Yeah, totally. Like everything is political now, like fucking, you know, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's the Little Mermaid or whatever. You know, the Joker um, movie, the Joaquin movie that people were convinced yeah. was like some kind of like Proud Boys yeah. loving anthem. And I'm watching. I'm like, well, this movie is like saying that the system, mm. like not having it's a Bernie social, Bro movie, social welfare, kind of turned this guy into a psycho. I don't think they're justifying his actions as much as they're trying to say that the system let this man fall through the cracks and it's a fucking shame. But yeah. whatever. Yeah, he was an incel in this. And I was just like, yo, y'all are kind of fucking stupid. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, and then so there's the question, uh, you know, obviously that election was famously decided by 500 and 37 in, votes in your home shit. state of Florida, Florida the hanging chads, you know, uh, and then the Supreme Court just gave it to Bush. I mean, in just kind of a crazy, you know, in retrospect, very crazy thing. And then we got Iraq and we got all that shit. So there's this feeling that Ralph Nader 
in, certainly amongst Democrats, there's this feeling that Ralph Nader gave the election to Bush. Obviously, that has the convenient um, effect of leaving out, like letting Al Gore off the hook. Al Gore, a guy who is a senator from Tennessee, he lost lost Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, you know. That and happened. then with third party with third party voters, you can't just like map them on a clean ideological line. You know, they're weirdos. Is what they are. <laughs> yes. And it's unclear whether, like, if they hadn't had the third party that vote. That they would have they... voted for one of the Democrats or Republicans. Exactly. The guy that you think in your head is closer to the thing. Like, I'm telling you, Ralph Nader is not like Bernie Sanders. He attracted all kinds of weirdos across the ideological spectrum. You know, he was not a doctrinaire leftist. He was a little bit kind of like Ron. He wasn't like Ron Paul. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it's the same but effect. His in which, fan like, base was was like that. heterodox. Yeah. And like Ron Paul, like attracts like kind of acid loving hippies who uh, who like go to fish concerts. And he also attracts like libertarian psychos who wear, um, you know, suspenders. I don't you know what I mean? Like right. and it's not clear um it's not exactly you can you can't map them fully as like a republican kind of standard so so that's the other thing i would say about ralph nader is that you know obviously the democrats love to push that line that had he not run all of those votes votes would have gone to gore and then he would have won it's just impossible to prove that that's the case again those 538 people would 538 more people have voted maybe maybe not maybe they would have voted for the other guy i mean it's it's unclear um hello listener guess who's back it's me anthony mays your favorite butcher turned podcast producer and i'm here to talk to you about butcher box butcher box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep free shipping vacuum sealed packaging it's ready to go right then it's ready to pop in the freezer You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. So, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, weird, it's a weird time to look back on. Um, I highly recommend everyone watch the Billy Corbin documentary. Yeah, I think it's called 537 absolutely. Votes or something about the, about the election, about what happened in Florida. It's absolutely uh, incredible. Um, just wild. just to compare it to our times now, like you said, Nando, the framing of an election as something that didn't matter either way uh, is just impossible to fathom, you know, at this point. Like, it's just 
people have gotten so psyched. It's so funny, man, because my buddy Ethan kind of pointed it out. He was like, Barry turned conservatives like into complete and utter psychopaths and their politics turned insane. You know, there's this idea that Barack Obama turned conservative. Like he just, they just, it just broke their brain that this guy could win and then win twice. And their politics, especially on the furthest edges of, um, you know, right wingism, uh, just became completely deranged because of it. And I think the exact same thing could be said about the libs. Like Donald Trump just fucking broke their brains and just made shit insane. And I think, and, um, Cornell West enters and like I've watched a few of his interviews because he's doing a shit ton of press to trying to get the word out. Um, and obviously he is one of the greatest speakers, rappers of all time. It's it, like yeah. it's not even a, a question to me. Like if you hear to hear this man speak is to be absolutely wrapped in, you know, his messaging. And he's just basically saying he's not saying, oh, I don't see anybody filling the Bernie lane, but he's just saying like, nobody's talking about the insane militarism of our culture. Nobody's talking about how poor and working people are struggling. Nobody's talking about, you know, um, the issues, just how insane um, and, and greedy uh, the corporate classes, particularly in Wall Street. And, you know, Cornell West shouts to him. He's shouting out Silicon Valley. He's he's going nuts, right? Um, and I think that's great, to be quite honest, because the truth of the matter is, like, no Democrat is going to say anything about Israel and Palestine. Like, they just browbeat the shit out of RFK, and this is a dude who was willing to be anti-vax. And he, he came out and admitted that the Palestinians were humans, who deserve dignity and some level of, you know, treated with some level of humanity. And he got beaten the fuck back by the Washington establishment um, in foreign policy, right? And, you know, the same thing would happen to Marianne Williamson if she was a quote unquote Democrat. And so I think it's interesting that Cornell is doing this. And I, and I just want to see how far he could take it and how much rabble rousing he can do. Ultimately, the powers that be would never actually let him get on a stage with Joe Biden for real. Um, I wonder if he could get an audience with Trump. <laughs> um, but Probably. yeah, but but I think it's just awesome that he's even doing this at all, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I in general, agree that him running is, is a good thing. I just wish he would have run. I wish he would have done like Bernie and like Jesse Jackson and run as Democrat. I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't. Um, it would have caused a lot more of a stir, which is the whole fucking point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you look at the history of third parties in, in America, their, their track record is pretty clear and it's been one of abject, abject failure. failure. That, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I wonder if he ran as a Democrat, if he would be able to recreate some of that Bernie magic. I mean, when Bernie ran as a Democrat, the first time when he walked out on that fucking under that tree outside the Senate building, um, he's like, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am running for president. Thank you very much. And then like, um, everyone was like, look at this fucking guy. And, but then like, what a his, joke. <laughs> yeah. And then like a week later, he has a rally in somewhere and like 50,000 people show up and you're like, wait a minute, you know? I wonder if if that it, it just feels like the third party thing has a hard ceiling these days. 
Mm. You know, that it just, it's not like it used to be. The, the, the openings are much lower. Um, you know, you're just always going to be seen as a sideshow freak. No one's going to really take you seriously. Um, whereas Jesse Jackson and Bernie Sanders, even though they lost, they got close. I mean, they yeah. got close, you know, and, and that would have even, a, you know, had they even won the nomination, it would have been just absolutely historic. And they were able to rally millions of people and win several states and, and get people behind them. I just wonder if you can't do that as a third party. I mean, it's, it hasn't happened in, it, since Ross Perot, although he was self-funding his campaign, very important little data point there. Yeah, he's um, so rich he as need, hell. He's rich as hell and he was funding it himself. So, you know, he was able to have a head start that allowed him to then garner that mass support, you know? Um, so that would be my only, my only thing is like, why, I wonder why he decided not to run as a Democrat. I think, I mean, to, to listen to his interviews, because he was so close to Bernie, like they're literally bros um, during Bernie, both of Bernie's campaigns. And because he got to see up close and personal, the treachery of the corporate wing of the Democratic Party establishment, I think that kind of just dissuaded him from even trying. It's just like, these motherfuckers are corrupt and they will use the most evil, most twisted ways to quash your shit. Um, so there's that. But, you know, even people like Nina Turner right, but, 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 like, but has decided to work within the Democratic Party system, right? But um, let's look at that point, they, that they'll use all the evil shit to quash them, which is true. You know, of course it's true. They don't even need to do anything to quash a third party candidate. Right. They, just need to, they don't even need to do shit. Yeah, the themselves. media will the media will ignore. The media will you. do the work for them. Yeah, yeah. you'll you'll just get no no headway. Like there's there'll be no reason to include you on any town hall or whatever. Like they could shut you out if they want to. Now, if you're a Democrat, they kind of got to deal with you. I think, you know, I think it's gonna be it'll be different because of Joe Biden's incumbency, and they're already fucking closing ranks. And just like, yeah, RFK, like, you can fuck around if you want to, but like, <laughs> this shit ain't happening for you, Jack. So I but wonder- But look how much attention he's getting. He's getting a lot of attention. But yeah. And he's actually rallying a decent amount of support. He's a fucking, he's the fucking, like, he's a fucking, like, he's like, the fact that he is getting, imagine Cornell West. Yeah, facts. Doing that. Like, Cornell West is, like you said, is the, the greatest, one of the greatest speakers to ever live, yeah. you know? RFK- has a, a poor guy. He's got like a problem. He literally can't speak, you know? Yeah, it's um, tough, yeah. And he's anti-vax and he's a fucking And he's anti-vax. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know? But, and he's getting way more attention than uh, you would think. It's because he's running as a Democrat. Yeah. But he's okay. already in Brother. Congress too, right? Like, I think that part of it kind of helps. There's a certain patina of quote-unquote seriousness involved in it. I just wonder how much... Because the coolest thing about Bernie is that Hillary Clinton had to sort of confront... Wait, wait, he... RFK, RFK is not a congressman. Oh, he's not a congressman? No, he's just a fucking guy. Why did I think he was a fucking congressman in Massachusetts? Where did I get that idea from? Maybe no, I just that's the other. That... that's the other Kennedy, the fucking red-headed shithead. Joe the Kennedy. Ginger. The little guy. Yeah, the young guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That's why I got fucking confused. 
Yeah, but damn, yeah, so then, no. yeah, so then you're right. There's no reason why. <laughs> yeah, he's just a fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. fact. I mean, he's a Kennedy, I guess, but you know, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no. What the thing about Bernie's campaign, as I was saying, like on those debate stages, like he really pants Hillary Clinton like 50 million times on yeah. the merits of the issues of, you know, fight for 15 and all this other shit. Like he was killing her, you know? And, and by the way, these points have only become more salient and I think they have even more of an audience now, you know, I was reading our guy, man, shouts to him, Zachary Carter in the New Yorker. And yeah. he was talking about, oh, I forget the fucking woman's name. I'm sorry I'm forgetting your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, she put out an article in The Guardian, like, in 2021, saying, like, you know, <laughs> instead of just doing the same old dumb shit that we always do to solve inflation, which is raise interest rates and, you know, artificially increase unemployment for no fucking reason to just punch lower class people in the face, um... Why don't we just put price caps on certain consumer goods? Why don't we just do yeah. that? These goods that have, you know, this sort of domino effect, stuff like gas and, you know, computer chips or whatever. The um, government could do that. Easily just put price caps. We've done just it Just say gas costs this much. Sorry. That's it. That's it. We'll figure out a way to offset what you are, quote unquote, losing. Um, and we'll keep it pushing that way. We're the government. We can afford to pay for this shit. Uh, why don't we do that? We did it after World War II, during wartime. You know, we should be doing this. And she got absolutely fucking smoked. Paul Krug Krugman, damn near, liberal-ass Paul Krugman, damn near called her the C-word behind this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was insane, the backlash. And now, Germany's already implemented this. Um, other places like Japan, all of these other places, just like, bro, like the, the fucking accepted orthodoxy around the thinking around inflation and certain um, concepts in economics, like, we don't have to follow that. Which, which what I'm saying is, if these fucking pointy heads and actual people in power are more receptive to it, trust me, normal people who are feeling the actual effects of this shit every single day are going to be more receptive to this message. And to your point, I think it would be cool if Dr. West was able to do that shit um, on a sort of grander stage, you feel me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always support him, dude. He's the fucking best. Yeah, I'm Remember a support his, him. His Joe Rogan, his Joe Rogan episode was magical. I was going to say that. Um, if you do anything, uh, between now and the weekend, I know folks will be celebrating Juneteenth, Nando. I don't know if you will be. Um, I don't know if you know it's Juneteenth weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's dude, a national holiday. I don't know what to tell you. You don't got work on Monday yeah. because of it. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate it. Thank you for all your sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> do yourself a favor. Go watch Cornell West on the Joe Rogan experience, bro. I promise you. Like, I promise you, you will be moved. You will have the yeah. feelings stirring within you. Joe yeah. Rogan was absolutely wrapped. Mesmerized. He yeah. was like, yo, this guy is fucking brilliant. Like, you know, like the Any Given Sunday speech when Al Pacino gives the inches speech and everybody's just like, wow, I will yeah. fucking murder a guy. And we scratch. 
with our fingernails. <laughs> that was Joe Rogan and Cornell West in that yeah. interview, man. Um, and so yeah, yeah and, and listen, shit. liberals hate Joe Rogan, and I get it, but you got to understand, Joe Rogan is like the median guy in America. Yes, you know. Yes. Like I know so many people who yes. think just like him. You know, yes. they're just like, you know. Yes. Like he's he's the median guy in America. If you can't talk to a guy like Joe Rogan and then you then can't you're talk to America. Yeah. It's that yeah. it, it's kind of that simple. Um it's just an excellent interview, bro. Um yeah. And so yeah, everybody go check that out. Um that is our show for today. Of course, again, wishing everybody a happy Juneteenth. Um, I'm not really, it's a weird holiday. We kind of just shoehorned it in because of the tragic death of George Floyd and the powers that be were like, I don't know, let's give him a fucking holiday. I don't fucking know. And so we have this federal holiday now. And trust me, I'll nobody's, take it. I'll take nobody's it. happier about days off than me, okay? Um, and so happy Juneteenth, all, all those who celebrate. Um, become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings. Uh, shouts to my man, John Gervais. He's the best. Keeps the trains running on time. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.